This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination and the calendar. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're traveling through another dimension to take a closer look at the life of Twilight Zone creator and master of the twist ending, Mr. Rod Serling. The day was December 25th, 1924. Screenwriter and television producer Rod Serling was born in Syracuse, New York. Later in life, he was fond of saying that he was, quote, a Christmas present that was delivered unwrapped. Although best known for his role as the narrator and on-screen host of The Twilight Zone, Serling had a long and varied career in entertainment and was also a noted academic lecturer. He wrote approximately 252 scripts and won numerous awards in his lifetime including two Writers Guild of America awards and a Golden Globe. He also won the Emmy Award for Outstanding Writing for a Drama Series six times, which, as of 2021, is more than anyone else in history. Rodman Edward Serling grew up in Binghamton, New York, a small city upstate. He was the second of two sons born to working-class parents Esther and Samuel Lawrence Serling. His father was a grocer and later became a butcher when the Great Depression put his store out of business. Both parents encouraged Rod when he took an interest in performing, and as a child he would set up a stage in his basement and then act out dialogue from pulp magazines and movies, whether anyone was watching or not. In junior high, Serling joined the debate team, and in high school, he wrote and edited for the school paper. It was during this time, in the midst of World War II, that he first demonstrated the social conscience that would come to define his later work. He frequently used his platform at the paper to encourage his peers to support the war effort, and he considered dropping out before graduation so that he could enlist a few months sooner. In the end, Serling's civics teacher talked him out of it, saying, quote, War is a temporary thing. It ends. Education doesn't. Without your degree, where will you be after the war? Serling took the advice to heart and finished high school. He attended graduation and even gave a speech. Then, the very next morning, he enlisted in the U.S. Army. He was hoping to join the fight against the Nazis in Europe, but was sent to the Pacific Theater as a paratrooper instead. Serling served a four-year tour and saw combat in the Philippines on multiple occasions, eventually earning the Purple Heart and the Bronze Star for his trouble. He was wounded multiple times and was surrounded by death on a daily basis. At one point, his regiment, nicknamed the Death Squad, had a 50% casualty rate, with over 400 of their men killed in action. As you might imagine, Serling was deeply affected by his experiences in the field. He was discharged from the army in 1946 
but continued to be haunted by nightmares and flashbacks for the rest of his life. He would later channel this trauma into his writing. Many of his future scripts explored the theme of war from the view of allies and enemies alike, highlighting the unpredictability of death and the moral cost of war on society. As the writer later explained, quote, I was bitter about everything and at loose ends when I got out of the service. I think I turned to writing to get it off my chest. When Serling had recovered from his wounds, he enrolled in the physical education program at Antioch College in Yellow Springs, Ohio. Before long, he changed his major to drama and English lit, and went on to earn his Bachelor of Arts degree in 1950. Over the next few years, Serling began writing for radio and TV, with his big break being a TV movie called Patterns that he wrote for NBC. The film, which followed the lives of ruthless New York industrialists, won Serling his first Emmy in 1955. For the rest of the decade, he continued to go against the grain of the conservative TV medium. At the time, most programs ignored serious issues in favor of domestic comedy or Wild West action, but Serling tackled difficult topics head-on. His TV dramas, such as Requiem for a Heavyweight and A Town Has Turned to Dust, brought attention to social issues like discrimination, lynching, and union organizing. These productions earned acclaim for Serling, but brought him major heat from the network censors as well. So, in 1957, he decided to take a different approach. He pitched CBS executives on a pilot episode for a weekly sci-fi fantasy anthology series called The Twilight Zone. When the initial two episodes proved to hit with the public, the network ordered a full season in 1959, followed eventually by four more. Serling had found the perfect workaround for his problem. If the networks and sponsors were uncomfortable seeing real-world issues reflected in their broadcasts, then he would simply filter the controversial subjects through the lens of fantasy and science fiction. As the writer later put it, quote, I found that it was all right to have Martians saying things Democrats and Republicans could never say. Serling won another three Emmys for his work on the series. In addition to his role as narrator and host, he also wrote more than half of the show's 151 episodes, a nearly inhuman feat. In the late 1960s, Serling turned his focus to the big screen, which he appreciated for its lack of commercials and looser restrictions on runtime and content. His most famous movie screenplay was for the original movie version of Planet of the Apes, a morality tale with a sci-fi twist, one of Serling's specialties. Around the same time, he also started teaching classes on screenwriting at Ithaca College. In light of the social and political climate of the 1960s, it was Serling's goal to help instill a sense of moral responsibility in the next generation of TV writers. In 1970, he returned to TV himself, once again writing and hosting an anthology series, this one called Night Gallery. Not as beloved or as successful as The Twilight Zone, Night Gallery still delivered thought-provoking genre stories 
albeit with more of a focus on horror and suspense than science fiction. The show concluded its three-season run with its 43rd episode in 1973. Two years later, Rod Serling suffered a series of heart attacks, presumably brought on by a lifetime of chain smoking. He passed away on June 28, 1975, at the age of 50. Since it's Christmas, I thought we could end the show not by talking about Rod Serling's death, but by looking at his own connection to the holiday. You know, besides the fact that it's his birthday. He was raised Jewish and was fiercely proud of his heritage, according to his daughter Anne. However, Serling's wife Carol was a Unitarian, and her husband came to appreciate her more open-ended approach to belief. As an adult, Serling celebrated Christmas like many people do, as more of a secular, quasi-spiritual holiday than a strictly religious one. He wrote a number of Christmas-themed stories over the years, both for radio and for television. Some of the better-known are a black comedy called No Christmas This Year, and a modern interpretation of Dickens' Christmas Carol, titled A Carol for Another Christmas. Still, his most famous holiday work has to be The Night of the Meek, a Christmas episode of The Twilight Zone from the show's second season. It follows an alcoholic department store Santa, played by actor and comedian Art Carney, who wishes he could do more for his local community. The down-on-his-luck Santa laments the state of the world, saying, quote, I live in a dirty rooming house on a street filled with hungry kids and shabby people, where the only thing that comes down the chimney on Christmas Eve is more poverty. Despite the heavy subject matter, the episode does end on a happy, hopeful note, something of a rarity in the Twilight Zone. By writing a Christmas story rooted in social concerns of the time, Serling added a sense of poignancy and warmth that's rarely seen in holiday-themed TV shows. That's a reflection of what I believe is Serling's greatest achievement, pushing the medium of television to be more than pleasant, disposable entertainment. His stories challenged conventions and posed hard questions about how we see ourselves and about what we owe to each other. As an artist both shaped and troubled by the world he lived in, Serling expressed an earnest care for his fellow man in nearly every word he wrote. That's a good example to follow on Christmas, whether you live here or in the Twilight Zone. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed the show, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. If you celebrate Christmas, I hope you have a merry one. But either way, I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.